0: Welcome to the Growing Together Podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Juan Rodriguez. He's a youth and young adult director at the Florida Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's a strong advocate for media and creativity in his church and has served in Florida for over 22 years. So today, I wanna talk to you about this concept that's presented in the book called Keychain Leadership. I know that you love Keychain Leadership. Uh, Help us kind of wrap an idea around what exactly is Keychain Leadership? What is this all about?
1: Oh, I love Keychain Leadership because it starts uh, transitioning young people into leadership roles. And kitchen leadership just comes from the illustration of uh, back in the olden days where this like deacon had this big old ring of keys and even had a zipper on it, you know, the zipper would come out of it sometimes. And it's funny, every time that I talk to the churches about this, they start laughing because they know exactly <coughs> what I'm talking start about. Start pointing or, to or... someone
0: in the back of the church.
1: And that's exactly what happens. In fact, the, I had one guy one time actually stand up and like show me his keys and the zipper that comes out of it. So so it's hilarious you know but so it's a great illustration to be able to understand um the difference between uh, an older generation a younger generation doors now in this younger generation they're digital right you have a card you have a swipe or whatever so the keychain mentality doesn't really uh roll unless you explain it to them however you know the keychain leadership is having this ring of keys and having the the ownership of being able to lead to get into a room that only that deacon or that leader can go into. So it's the idea of a person that has either um, all these positions or they're the leader of many different roles or or leaders that have this one key as part of their leadership role in the church. I remember being in Camp Kalakwa, in fact, uh, late last year, and, and Charles, which is one of the rangers there, I kept on hearing this dangling on the side of his pants. And I was like, Dude, what is that noise? And he took out this humongous circle of keys, and it had over a hundred keys in it. And he told me that that pretty much opened every single thing in Camp mm. Kalakwa. So if you're wanting, for example, to have a, a, a influence and have someone take ownership of those areas, whether it be the horse barn or cafeteria, or whatever Camp Kalakwa, you have to have the key. You have to have the leadership to be able to get
0: into those places. Mm. So successful keychain leaders are the ones that are able to identify and train other people to give them to literally pass the baton, to pass the key off to them so that they have the ability to to lead in whatever capacity they're called to lead and to serve in whatever capacity they're called to serve. The book talks about a couple other types of leaders. It talks about keyless leaders, key hoarding leaders and key loaning leaders. And it talks about some of the kind of like the I don't know, the detriments to each of these different styles of leadership. Can we talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So a keyless leader would be someone that uh, is wanting to be a leader. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like a young person that's super excited to have a leadership role, but they just haven't been given those keys yet. Or it could be someone that's been there for a long time and a person that's, you know, uh, older seventies, eighties even, and they don't, they don't seem to be wanted anymore because of her or his age mm. as well. So they feel like they have no power and no role in that church. So that would be a keyless leader. They don't really have the influence, or that they that they would like to have in a church. Hmm. Um, the the other one was key hoarding, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's a person that does ha- that is the leader that they are the person that everyone comes to when it comes for advice or when they want to do something in the church. Uh, they know everything about everyone and they are the deciding factor. Sometimes that's the pastor, sometimes it isn't the pastor. Um, it's just someone that's not willing to give their uh, leadership away to another person so that they can um, have another person you know, take over certain areas of the church. Um, and the other one, I think it was a key loaning as well. Mm-hmm. So. So key loaning would be, for example, like a a pastor that is planting a church. Um, They have a lot of things that are on their plate and they want to move forward. They want to move strong. And so they loan out some of the areas of leadership to some people, but then they take it right back. So Mm -hmm. going back to that zipper illustration, it's like that zipper that you allow someone to take for a little while. They can use it to open a certain door with that key, but then it zips right back. Yeah. To to the person that has it, so that would be the the loner type um, style of leadership.
0: Yeah, I think that many people can uh, conceptualize why being a keyless leader would kind of be frustrating. It's like, man, I want to do something, but I have no capacity to make any type of change to open any doors. I think that we can understand that. I think that we can even maybe even see. Um, the danger in having only one person as a center of authority, this key hoarding mm-hmm. leader. But I, mm-hmm. I'm really curious about this third one, the key loaning, because I think that's that's largely how a lot of churches uh, probably run, where it's like there's a pseudo leadership involved. Like, yeah, you can make a choice, you make a decision, but at the end of the day, I have veto power where I say no to your idea because I'm the leader with the keys or whatever the case is. Um, why is the 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 whole paradigm of key loaning uh potentially it, it works against what you're actually trying to accomplish and that's that's really a great question for sure i believe it creates
1: this idea that you have a younger person as your leader but at the end of the day they have no influence over the deciding factor of what happens in the church. Uh-huh. The deciding factor of what takes place and moving forward in the church happens, and so it causes it causes frustration, in that in that person, you know, to truly want to see their ideas or truly want to see something that they um, that they can say to themselves or, or or acknowledge that, hey, I am a leader. I am a part of this church. I am a part of helping this church move forward, and so it just gives like this facade that you are a leader kind of, but not really. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I, I I mean, also I think if you're the person with all the keys, then every decision has to go through you before anything can be done. I think I mean that sounds to me like a, a recipe for burnout. Absolutely. And I think some pastors they they go through that, especially when they're in
1: those smaller churches where sometimes that is the case. You know, mm-hmm. I've been in a church where, where at times, in fact, many times, had to do the bulletin. Oh, no. You know, I had to choose everything that went on it, right? And I had to plan everything that was happening in the worship service. And, and that's sometimes, unfortunately, that's my fault because I could have asked, you know, a younger person even to take care of those things, and, and I wouldn't have to worry about it and then let them run with it. In other words, I... I think a key loaner would be someone that says, okay, I want you to do this for me, but then bring it back to me so I can give you the A-OK on it to make sure it's good. But if I were to say, hey, I want you to, well, you just use the bulletin as an example. You create the bulletin. You make it an awesome bulletin. You add whatever quotes you want. You make it, you know, vibrant. Some people say, hey, you know, this was a, this was a pretty cool bulletin, you know. And then I have nothing to do with it. In other words, they run with it, they take care of it, they put it together, and it's shown out there. And I think that would be uh, beneficial. But it's hard for, I would say, if you want to make it personal, it's hard for someone like me Mm. because I I do have this, I guess, idea of excellence in my mind. And so I want everything to be at a certain standard. Uh, And
0: if it's not, then... uh, then I guess I'm a little unhappy about that. <laughs> so <it> was, <laughs> I appreciate that, honestly, because I, I know that I feel similarly. Delegation is, is kind of like a bittersweet thing. It's like, oh, it'd be great mm. to have other people do this, but also can they really do it well? So so what, mm. what happens in that internal dialogue for you is you're making the decision to pass the key and you have this fear in the back of your mind, oh, it's going to suck, and it's going to be just this horrible thing. <laughs> like, how do you... How do you stick to your guns and say no? This is something that matters, man. It's
1: really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, but at the end of at the end of the day, I have seen where sometimes that person, even if it's they a very younger person, they did it better than what I could have done, mm. in, at the long run, and, and that 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 like reminds me, okay. You know, I'm not the smartest kid on the block, right? I'm not the the one that knows it all, and and so I have to be able to uh, accept that. And so when those experiences happen, where the person does better than you could have done, then you're like, hey, keychain leadership is awesome. <laughs> uh, but then, but then at the other end, when when things don't come out the way you expected them to come out or the way you wanted them to come out, um, then I, I, I that's where I start pulling back a little bit, uh, maybe with that specific person, and maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm. Uh, but I do think that they need to, as leaders, make the same mistakes that I made, mm. you know, when I was young or when I was trying something new for the first time. Um, I had I had some people, not everyone that was my supervisor, boss, or whatever you want to call it, not everyone um, had the faith in me to lead out. But I did have a couple of them that would just let me run with something, and I would make sometimes some horrific mistakes, sometimes some very expensive mistakes. Uh-oh, what'd you do? Um, what'd you
0: do? You crashed a car,
1: <laughs> sunk
0: a boat, <laughs> what'd you do?
1: It wasn't it wasn't that drastic, but I just remember, you know, when I was an associate youth director uh, for the conference, um, my the youth director, who was my boss, uh, Bill Crofton, he just gave me uh, free reigns on leading out with our high school Bible retreat. This was, you know, back about twenty nineteen, eighteen, nineteen years ago. Oh man! So, anyways, it was a long time I, ago. I, I didn't realize you were so that old, dude. I am old, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and so, and so, part of he, he he just let me lead out with the youth pastors. You know, we had a team and so on. But he allowed me to take the reins. Now, I wasn't I wasn't super young, but I was I was in my twenties, twenty six, mm-hmm. twenty seven years old leading out on this very important event for our conference, literally where he where I didn't have to go to him and say, hey, is it OK if we do this? You know, usually it, it didn't matter. You know, he was like, do it, you know, do whatever you need to do to take. I mean, sometimes if it was a very expensive thing that he would care. But um, other than that, the the mistake that I remember that comes to my mind was. I wanted to give, we usually gave a gift to all the students every year, and I wanted to give this very nice thematic wooden sculpture. Um, and it was very expensive. I unfortunately paid the person uh, before the finished product. I didn't even give him like a, a down payment. I paid him like in the full? whole thing up front and full up front. And I didn't have the product. He promised it to me like a week before. I didn't get it. He gave it to me like... The day before the retreat was over, wow, and it was it was horrific i mean i couldn't it was so bad I couldn't give them away <laughs> i kept i kept them all and used them for something else because it was so bad anyways, I made that mistake it was huge um but You know, I sat down with my boss. He he looked at me and said, hey, what did you learn from it? I I told him what I learned. I told him what I could have done. I I definitely shouldn't have paid him uh, ahead of time for everything. Um, So anyways, he allowed me to make that mistake. And he was okay with it. And, and that just showed me that, you know, I had a good mentor and, and that's something that I need to follow, to be okay with allowing someone to make the mistakes so that they can like John Maxwell says, fail forward mm. so they can learn their lessons and, and pick themselves up and become a better leader through the process. We become a leader better we become I'm sorry, we become a better leader by our mistakes.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. I mean that I mean kudos to your to your mentor at that time because that takes That takes some guts to do. And you know, those follow-up questions are so key, right? Because he didn't just like, quote unquote, let you get away with it, never bringing it up. Or did he go to the other extreme and just fire you without any type of learning moment, but like, hey, what did you learn from this? What would you do differently? How can we avoid this moving forward? Um, I'm I'm guessing that that exact scenario has played in your mind over and over as you extend leadership to other people in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah, that's one of those moments that you don't forget to be able to become a better leader uh, to, you know, whether it be youth pastors that are coming straight out of college right now or whether it be um, young people, young adults and stuff like that that I'm mentoring. uh, That scenario and
0: and other scenarios like that, you know, have played over in my mind as well. Awesome, awesome. You know, I'm seeing this theme over and over and over is that the type of leadership that we were led by is oftentimes the type of leadership that we emulate and so you know this i mean it's a very simple thing it's just like you know practice what you preach or do unto others how you'd want them to do to you and like if you were in that situation what would you hope would transpire whether you get the opportunity to try and succeed or even what happens if you try and you fail what's the follow-up course of action to that and you know i i just I admire leaders who are willing to do those that hard work of passing the baton and also giving space for them to succeed and or fail, and uh, you know even if it didn't work out exactly the way they wanted and it was expensive, to be committed to the idea of training and raising up uh, the future generation. I think that that's that's something that we can all admire.
1: Absolutely, and it, it was a blessing to me. Uh, looking back now, you know, just thinking about it and reliving it in my brain. You know, to be able to see that uh, he had faith in me before, and he had faith in me after. Mm. And I think when it comes to keychain leadership, that's that's that that's a huge part of it is having faith that, you know, this person that I'm mentoring and that I'm investing into uh, will be able to grow and become better at the end. And and you know, the thought that comes to my mind right now is is what Jesus did. You know, he did it with these twelve teenagers young adults that were all over the place and personalities and the way they thought and the way they believed and he invested into them and he had faith in them even before they had faith in
0: themselves or faith in god and and through that
1: process they were able to become
0: giants you know of the gospel and i I think about like the whole background of that jesus who better to get the job done right who better to get the Mm. job done perfectly than jesus perfectly and yet jesus passed the keys on to 12. Uh, And man, what a blessing that was, because now we're still being impacted by that. So Juan, uh, I know that this has been something that you live out and you experience. I know that I'm actually one of the beneficiaries of you passing uh, things forward. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, man.